This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to Late Boomers. Today, our special guest is Myron Wellick, a veteran sales expert and entrepreneur who has sold his products on the Home Shopping Network, brokered partnership deals with major brands such as Heidi Klum and New Balance, the New New England Patriots, Lacoste, Sesame Street, Radio City Music Hall, and more. And I'm Mary Elkins. Myron is the author of The Jackhammer Effect, How to Break Down Doors and Make Business Deals Happen for People Who Believe They Can't. He hosts the podcast, The Jackhammer Effect. He's a popular speaker and also brokers multi-million dollar real estate deals. Welcome, Myron. Oh, thank you, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you very much. We're happy to have you. Yes, we are. You've been in business for 40 years. So please tell us about your background and your journey and how you came to find your life's work. Well, you know, about uh, I, I ran a business, a apparel business for about 20 years, started in my late 20s, uh, built it from zero to uh, over over 20 million. But uh, I guess part of uh, my uh, my my lesson in life or my journey was that it was not meant to be beyond that. And I lost that business. That was in 20, 2002. And it was it, it was a very uh, uh, tough, 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 destructive bankruptcy that kind of left me with uh, a lot of uh, catastrophic self-doubt and depression. And I actually wrote, wrote a brief article about it. I called uh, a Starbucks Orphans. And I had it published by a local newspaper because I kind of believed that whether it's Starbucks or any coffee shop, when you're not feeling great about yourself and you want to be anonymous uh, or you want to talk to people and you want to stay there forever, a coffee shop is a great place to do that. So I could either get it become invisible or start talking to people and no one would bother me and you kind of milk the coffee forever. So that's why I called it Starbucks <laughs> Orphans because I felt like an orphan. Uh, so it was appropriate. And, and, and it, 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 it really left me devastated, not just obviously financially, but, but emotionally. And it hit me a lot harder than I ever thought it would. And, and I really hit rock bottom. There's no question. It took me 16 years. Yeah, literally 16 years uh, to, to, to come back. But my badass superpower is that I'm a jackhammer. And I, I know that. As a jackhammer, as the metaphor uh, implies, you don't have to be in real estate. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's a machine used in real estate to dig holes where nothing else works. And it keeps going until it succeeds. Well, it's a great metaphor for life, of course, right? It's something that never stops. It keeps going. And someone called me uh, a couple of years ago, a jackhammer. And that's, that's, and that's what kept me going. The other thing that kept me going was that um, I, I, was, I was forever young. All this happened in my late 50s and early 60s. It wasn't until 68, when I was 68, 67, 68, where I kind of reinvented myself. 
And I think my secret was two things. One is that I, um, I stayed young, meaning that people that are younger uh, have only to go up and they have to go out. They have to search. They have to find. They have to be, they're beginning their journey. They're the early parts of their journey. So um, what I've learned in hindsight, it took me 17 years to learn this or 18 years to learn this, by the way, in my, my journey, that what, what, how I survived, and, and, and it was a, a, a real very bad time for me, my worst time in my life, but how I survived is that for some reason, even though I never felt like getting out of bed, I got out of bed, I kept going, I never stopped. So that's my parallel to and my metaphor to, to, to being young. It wasn't consciously done. I wish it was. I'm not that, that, that good. But subconsciously, I realize now that was my superpower, that I, I, I kept going. It, it wasn't going to be the end, end for me. So then about 2018, it took me 16 years. Yeah, I, by chance, in my networking, I met a young gentleman, 35 years old, uh, starting a real estate business. And uh, he was somewhere where he wasn't supposed to be. I was somewhere where I was supposed to be. Some people say somebody sent us both to meet. Who knows? It makes for a good movie, perhaps. But, but we did meet. Uh, uh, we became friends. And, and more importantly, at that time, uh, he could use my skills, which was uh, finding uh, uh, money. He needed money to grow. His business was starting. It was exploding. And he needed dollars in real estate to grow. I found him over $10 million in, in, in private funding. Uh, and then one day we kept we went looking for what's called in real estate an off market property, which means an apartment building that's not listed on the general real estate uh, um, docs or forums, MLS or Remax, whatever it's called. And 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 he taught me how to find it. I asked him if he needed help, and he did because, like any entrepreneur growing their business, you can't do everything on your own continuously successfully. You definitely need. If you're smart, you need to delegate and find the right people. Otherwise, you're going to go nowhere fast. I did. I found him one, two. I'm remunerated. I asked him, maybe you'll hire me. He said, you don't want me ever to hire you, hire you, Myron, because you go as far as you can go. If I hire you, you're limited. One of the best advices he ever gave me. And after I, I started with him, then I realized I could, you know, I could do the same thing for many investors, obviously. So today, fast forward just two and a half years literally from 68 to 70, where I am today, you know, I have over 60 investors generated over $35 million of property acquisitions uh, for my investors. I find them, I don't own any property. I find them off-market properties that are multiplexes, which is apartment buildings, because a wow. lot of them just don't have a time to look. And, it, and the good thing about real estate is they only buy it if it makes sense. And you also only get paid when a deal's made, okay? So it becomes a win-win scenario. But I'm very good at it because it needed all my um, my skills, which being a jackhammer, resourceful, creative. And I, have, I might add, I had no experience in real estate before. I just jumped into <laughs> it. Well, I have to ask you, why are you called the jackhammer? And tell us what that means. And also, sure. some people have called you a searching machine. So explain further. Yeah. Well, like the machine is, a jackhammer is you bring a jackhammer where you conclude in construction, particularly anywhere in the world, that the, pre the, the current uh, machinery you have is not sufficient to do the job you need, to be right to the point. So you bring in what's called, it's, 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 it's a, an English uh, acronym, uh, but it's known universally all over the world as a jackhammer. And what that machine does it's like a big torpedo into the ground, and it keeps digging and digging and digging until it gets until it's successful. 
So which means it never, it kind of like the metaphor, it never gives up. It perseveres, perseveres, where the other machinery you have is insufficient to do the job. What's kept me going and why I'm even talking to you and how I even found you is that I, I, I'm relentless. Now, uh, 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 it, you know, for some people, uh, it, it may be a little overwhelming, but for the vast majority of people, they love it. They wouldn't want to marry me. They wouldn't want to live with me, but they love it for a business opportunity. You know, they love it for a business uh -huh. opportunity because I don't give up and I'm always there and I bring them opportunity. Who would love it? So the jackhammer, being the jackhammer, has saved me. And that's why it, it's helped me reinvent myself and talk to you today. And the other reason I might say, which is important, that I want everybody to clearly, clearly understand how critical what I've learned lays over the last, particularly 2002 to 2020, is the other thing that kept me going, is, and, and believe it or not, was something very old-fashioned. It's called love. I'm very, very, very lucky that I have a woman that's been married to me for 36 years. She didn't leave me. God knows, you know, many of my friends would like to give her sympathy or condolence cards, but you know, for staying with me this long. But it, it's, it's, it's the combination of being a, a jackhammer and having someone who loves you more than anything, and you love them, that gave me the kind of gas to sustain myself all through those difficult years. Well, you know, let's back up a little bit and tell, tell us a little bit about what happened to cause you to lose that first million-dollar business, and what did you need to do to recover and reinvent yourself? Well, I, I just think I went too fast, and 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 uh, I just was not smart. Went too fast. Did not expand enough. Did not adapt. And I made a lot of obvious uh, business mistakes. And 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 that 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 caused me to to, to lose it. And also, um, it just I I just thought wasn't I wasn't a smart businessman. And 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 it's truth. I, I just wasn't. And I didn't do what was needed to do fast enough to grow or expand, or modify, or change, or reinvent myself, until eventually it, it all caught up with me, until I lost it. And it was just absolutely devastating. What I learned is that business, much like life, is a never, you can't sit still. Unless, of course, you want to go retire on an island, but I'm not ready to do that. Even if I had $100 million, I wouldn't do that. I'd always find something to do. I love making an impact in some way uh, for, 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 for people, for colleagues, for friends. So what I've learned is that adaptation, uh, um, constantly reinventing yourself, uh, networking, for example, looking to mentors. The other thing I was fortunate to do, I, I found a mentor who was reasonable, coach, if you like to call, uh, who's, and I could use his name. I hope you don't mind, Mr. Joe Fournier. He's been invaluable to me. I, you know, a lot of things in life, Kathy and Mary, you never realize until you actually jump in and do it. And, and. I also suffered from fear, which a lot of people do. I was, I was terrified to, to, to do anything, and, and I would procrastinate. And these are diseases, terrible, terrible diseases. But what I realized is, you know, there's nothing to fear, literally, like FDR said, but fear itself. That's exactly what happened. And once <laughs> I started to do it, the fear became totally turned 360 degrees and became energizing, like the energizing bu uh, uh, bunny is, to use the old cliche. It became... Uh, a catalyst for me to keep going forward. And, 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 and I wanted to do more and could you do more. So now I'm very, you know, my advice to people is, you know, find mentors, find coaches, but above all, act, 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 because th there's nothing replaces massive action.
Mm, I love that. Well, let's talk about your book, The Jackhammer Effect. So yeah. tell us tell us who the book's for and how does one apply it? And also, I mean, have you found it to be a recipe for success? I I, I think it is. I think what I wrote the book like I do a lot of things. It gives it's a guide. It's a workbook. It's you know, everybody I think who reads it will adapt it, interpret it. And and re- modify it and revise it for their own particular circumstances. It's also the kind of book which I love uh, is that you can pick it up on p- and read till page fifty, and then drop it and pick it up a couple of weeks later and go on to page seventy five or go back to page thirty and make yourself notes because there's there's room for that. It's a business workbook that gives you a step by step guide. It's not reinventing the wheel. A lot of it's obvious. But again, another painful lesson I learned in life, the obvious is not obvious. Okay, not at all. Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, and, and, and it should be, but it's not. And I learned first It just first seems class, obvious. It just seems exactly. obvious in hindsight, right? Yeah. In hindsight and intellectually it does. But, you know, there's a very radical gap between the intellect con- conception and the actual execution. You know, so I also learned a painful lesson that if something doesn't bring you a profit, purpose, or 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 or, or something of help to you, don't give it your time, energy, or attention. That's also I've been very, very uh, what's the word? Stingy, I guess the word would be how I use my time. So the book I think is is a very simple uh, step by step guide uh, uh, and inspiration for someone who's actually lived it. Be careful when you take. Uh, advice from messiahs who never practiced or did anything what they're talking about, or they're too young to talk about. So yeah. I, 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 it has it's all my life experiences. So I talk from experience, but again, they're my experiences. It doesn't mean that's everybody's experience. So it's, I want to keep it very general. It's a workbook. And well, as can we you mentioned in few, our- um, I just wanted to find out if Myron can tell our audience a few of the ingredients for this recipe that he has. Yes, yes, that's a great question. I can. I think one of the things that are very, very urgent to me is a thing I call strategic partnerships. Very critical because strategic partnerships, uh, uh, like I did, like I put together uh, Heidi Klum and New Balance. How I did that is, is a very cost-effective way of scaling your business profitably and in an accelerated way. How I did that is the Heidi Klum at that time was. 2012, if you remember the Lululemon started to explode and rule the world, that whole athleisure wear, which is all over the place. Everybody's doing it today. This was 2010, 2012, not that long ago. And 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 Heidi still was, you know, she wasn't yet America's Got Talent, but she was still all over the place. And she's an extremely brilliant, talented business businesswoman, besides being a great model and everything else. And and the, the people that I was working with at that time had the license, the world license to her. She was still married to Seal, and she was just finishing her pregnancy. Okay? So this goes back a little bit. So the question became to everybody, what does she do after she's pregnant? Like, what do we do with her as, as, as a business opportunity? And my idea came up with, at that time, after some research, I said to the person who had the license, not me, why don't we, you know, team her up with a running shoe company? I think that would be phenomenal. She was a noted celebrity even then, universal, certainly at least in North America, figure. And and and, and she and she and she was a great uh image for any brand coming up. 
So so person I was working with, the colleague said, oh, that sounds great. Who, who would you suggest we team her up with? And 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 I, I did some homework and I looked at Nike and Adidas and, you know, they were $34 billion companies even then. It's like talking to God. God's not going to listen to me. I wasn't, you know, I, I couldn't even go there. <laughs> and I did some homework and even New Balance at that point was not a public company. They were doing two, two and a half billion dollars in 2012. Now, that's a lot of money. I agree to everybody in the world, but not in the running shoe world. When you're comparing it to a $34 billion or $35 billion, it's peanuts. I don't mean to, to, to look down. Of course not, it is. But the, the key element here is you have to remember is they were smaller. And if you studied their apparel, particularly, it sucked the woman apparel. It was terrible. It really was non-existent. And they were missing out. I think they knew that, quite frankly. But I'm not sure if they really knew what to do. And it was still a bit of, um, and it wasn't, it was corporate, but it wasn't public. So you could talk to them, okay, you, if, you, if you could get to them. So I said to the person I was with, you know what, after doing some research, because I knew they could use a Heidi Klum, and, Heidi, and New Balance still had a, has a great running shoe. It's iconic. They've been around almost mm -hmm. 100 years. And, it's a, and anybody who knows anything, it's a brilliant, beautiful brand. But they weren't as aggressive as, as Nike or Adidas getting celebrities, sports. It's still not, certainly then they were nowhere near that. And I saw all that. And, and, and I knew nobody at New Balance, of course. So I said to the person, you know what? Tell Heidi, if it's okay with her, we need her permission. I'm going to reach out to New Balance. So Heidi loved it, of course. But she asked, first I was with, can I ask you a question? Who does Myron, she assumed, who does Myron know in New Balance? And he said, nobody. So she stopped for a second. She was quiet. She says, what do you mean nobody? Nobody. So May I ask a question? Yeah. How is he going to reach out to new, a company like New Balance if he doesn't know anybody there? He said, leave it to Myron. I think he'll find a way. And she said, okay, if he could do it, fabulous. A year later, we did it. They're in Boston, Massachusetts is their world headquarters, as we know. And after many, 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 many trials, but I knew I had something, Kathy and Mary. I knew that New Balance could, could help Heidi and Heidi could help New I knew it. They got to be really... Uh, a very short-sighted and blind from a business perspective not to see it. They saw the opportunity, of course, and it it revolutionized their brand from a woman's perspective, as a woman's, which they needed to capture uh -huh. that customer. It was an opportunity. Yeah, I was, going to, ask, <laughs> I was yeah. going to ask you, is New Balance the only, or at the time, was New Balance the only brand that had a woman representing it to the public? Uh Maybe to my knowledge, I mean, they, they didn't have anybody until Heidi Klum, and then they sold it to, to, to New. But to me, they, they were, there was a void. They were, they were badly needing something to rejuvenate their whole brand and to get exposure quickly out there. Heidi Klum was the answer. So that's why if you Google uh -huh. today, you'll see HKNB, Heidi Klum New Balance. That's the brand. So it's wonderful for, for Heidi Klum, of course. Why not? And it was wonderful for New Balance. And, you know, and I, I, I did mention in the introduction that you brokered quite a few people with brands. Yes. And so yes. can you share a couple more stories besides oh, I'd, the I'd New Balance to. one? And I also would love to share, I think it's important, how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, how uh, destructive uh, fear can be. So let me take Sesame Street, for example. Um, I had the idea back in... 2014, the depths of my depression and hitting rock bottom. And, and this is really crazy. And, and I, I, I happened to know somebody in Canada who had 
the license for Sesame Street. So I sent him an email. And I tell you, this is exactly the way it happened. I mean, it, you would think this was a movie, but this is real, real life. <laughs> I sent him an email. I said, absolutely verbatim, I said, so-and-so, because I tend to like to shortcut. I can't stand corporate things. I can't stand too much red tape because I'll never get a win. Never get a win. And 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 it's it's just gonna undermine everything I do. I know that. So 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 I sent him an email. I said to him, so and so, I have an idea. He said, What's that? This was 2013, 2014. I want to create a business called I we called it Brandest. We created an acronym, which was combining brands and 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 um uh travel. Okay. So at that point, the idea was I said, you know what? Maybe we could create uh, a, a children's travel. You know, Sesame Street's very big on education, obviously, for kids. So if we could curate children's travel and call it Sesame Street Travel, that could be very cool. Like that. It was an idea. This is 2012, remember, or 14 or 13. So I sent him an email. I said, what do you think? Could you put me in touch with somebody in New York? He loved the idea. He sent an email right away to the head guy in New York. You got to hear this. It's unbelievable. The head guy in New York answers me in 10 minutes. The good thing about business and people, if they love what you're doing, they get in touch with you right or right away. It's business. If they don't, you might as well be dead. You'll never hear from them. Okay. Very, 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 they just don't have the time. He got in touch with me, sent me an email. Who am I? I'm a nobody. He should only have known where I was. And he said to me, Marvin, I love it. Brilliant idea. This is the head guy in New York City of Sesame Street. And he says, I love the idea. What's next? When do you want to come to New York? Oh my God. You ever hear the expression, be careful what you wish for? So, so he said, <laughs> I really wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. So I, I start to panic. I start to panic and I didn't know what to do. And believe it or not, this, and he invited me to New York. He really wanted an app. I didn't know what to do. And I never executed. I'll be quite frank. I never executed. He waited two, three years for me and I could never execute the brand until it just disappeared. I did the same thing to show you how nefarious and destructive and the, the fear was corroding me uh, uh, like, 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 like something could do to steal. Uh, I, I got in touch with the people from FIFA, um, you know, the, the, the World Soccer Body Association. And, and they, uh, they, 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 I reached out to them because I knew FIFA was coming to North America and they were wanting to see me in Las Vegas. And I told them I could not make the appointment at the end after spending a year and they could not understand why I just, the panic just suffocated me. So it took me many, many years to overcome all that. But I did make the connections. I did make the extension in spite of all the liabilities I was living with. It's absolutely a, it's a crazy story. Crazy. <laughs> well, what advice do you have for budding entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs over the age of 50? What would you say to someone uh, who wants to start a business and doesn't know how or even have the well, feeling they might be a success? Uh, one of the important things I would say and I learned is uh, either virtually or physically, get out. Get out of the house and go meet like-minded people. Find like-minded people that are living, thinking, or working on what you're doing. Uh, find mentors. Find maybe coaches or find people that are already doing what you're doing. Then go a step further. Push yourself. Uh, um, make uh, Identify them. Reach out to them. Somebody's going to connect with you. Trust me. They want to talk to you as much as possible. Most people are very generous, very benevolent, and very helpful once you reach out to them. That's the hardest part. Talking to them is the easiest part because you're going to be like rejuvenated. 
and then make an appointment, whether it's virtually or physically, go meet them, go see them, go participate. So that's going to get you excited. That's going to get you motivated. That's going to catalyze all the great stuff about it. Then, you know, uh, action is like the antidote to depression. Okay. So, so you've got to act. I learned that if you're not that, that, then, you know, comfort is going to destroy you. There's no question. It's at, you know, people can compound themselves with comfort and, and, and it's just going to destroy you or they can compound action and growth. You, it, regardless of what you do, even if you don't succeed, something is going to happen. Somebody's listening to you. Someone's going to reward you. And if you don't believe it, God knows if I, I'm living proof because so many times I could not get out of bed. So many times I felt like almost suicide. I'm 70 years old, people. Listen, if Myron can do this, anybody can do this. Okay. Anybody can do it because many, many, many times I never thought I would be talking to, let alone be talking to you guys, that I'd be even surviving or able to reinvent myself. In two and a half years, $35 million in real estate. I was just brought on board by a major health people, a company in America out of Michigan to be their key business development person because I'm very good at strategic partnerships. There's nothing I can't do if I want to do it. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But, it but you know, a lot of people, seven, a lot of people just yeah. wait until they know, know en enough or they wait too long because they wait till they know something they wait about something. But you're, well, you're saying a better mindset is to jump in and start. Yeah, because you know what? You figure it out along the way. It's like sometimes it's called improvise. Okay. And if you're waiting for perfection, you're going to dead. You're going to be dead. You're going to die before it happens. There is no perfection. It just doesn't exist. So unfortunately, you're going to wait. And the thing is, we don't live forever. I know it's a cliche. So whether you're 25 or 75, it doesn't even matter the age. I would act with a sense of urgency. You do not have it forever. 25 becomes 30. Even people that are under 30, it doesn't matter the age. You don't have forever. It's hard to believe when you're 25 or 30 that you think you have forever. I know. You do not. 26 comes once, at least to my knowledge. If you're lucky to have twice, then you're then you're really doing something that none of us understand or figured out yet. Okay, God bless. You. Oh, some of us have that. Some of us have 26 every year. <laughs> right, well, right, right, right. <laughs> or you know, when the Jeff Benny was 39. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the reality is, it you know, I, I, you know, it goes by, it goes by in a snap. Okay, literally. Okay, so you got to as what I know it's easier said than of course it's easier said than done, but that's it. You got to consciously, you know, every day remind yourself, work on it. Whoever inspires you, people, movies, music, do anything to get you in a very good frame of mind, mindset. I know it's a cliche, but the cliches are, are cliche for a reason, okay? They're not by accident because they are right, They because they are powerful and they are definitely pillars of, of any kind of successful life. So, so and I, I can't oh, I'm, stress I'm enough. energized hearing that. <laughs> No, but I can't stress so, enough also, Kathy and Mary, one more thing is the the big deal is, you know, like the famous old song said, it's still the same old story, a fight for love and glory. You got to have, whatever it is, it, it's a big, big uh, bonus if you're lucky to find someone to love you and you love them. Whoever it is, woman, wife, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, son, I don't care who it is, but someone that just loves you no matter what for what you are. Because at the end of the day, I know it's going to sound a little dramatic. You can sound me weeping, but I've learned at the end of the day, it's the only thing that matters. You know, the only thing that matters is, is love. It's the only thing because that's what makes us who we are. 
And if you think it's anything else, at the end of the day, when you don't have any more days, all you're going to think about is that because the rest means nothing. Just a pile of sand. That's so true. That's just well, my opinion. Myron, how do people recognize and identify opportunities? And how do you help people uncover them? You know what? That's a very good question. Uh, um, that's, a, that's, that's a challenging scenario. I think that uh, uh, I think you always have to be careful and, and cognizant. And I, I think some, some of the ways that I've learned to recognize opportunities is not by approaching it myself, Mary. In other words, I've, I have colleagues I talk to, people I respect. So I, even today, I, 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 you know, when I see an opportunity or I see something that may interest me, I run it by people. I run it by my wife. I respect her because she doesn't tell me what I want to hear. She tells me what makes sense. She's a businesswoman. She's a smart lady. But only her. She has her point of view. I know her personality. We always, we sometimes agree to disagree. So I have a diverse group of people who are very different types of people. My definitely me too. I respect their opinions. I ask them. And then I take a consensus and I do what I think I need to do for me. Because at the end of the day, I have to be responsible to me. So number one, I would talk to people that you respect. If you don't, you got to have somebody. Find them. I don't care who they are. That that. What do you think of this, John? Or what do you think of this, Alice? Or whatever the case is. They'll give you an objective opinion. They should. Professionally, business, whatever it is. Uh, and, then at the end, and then you do your homework, your research. And at some point, it's a calculated risk. But I would tread slowly, start like a, a, not a probation, but start carefully. You know what I mean? Start very carefully because you don't know anything until you start it. Like my dad used to say, the only thing that matters is time itself. You know, you can tell people you love them. You can tell all that thing. It's all, it doesn't mean anything. The only thing that means anything, if you're still there and it's still the same after 20, 30, 40 years, honeymoons are honeymoons. They mean, they mean nothing and they mean everything. It's a start. That's all it is. No more, no less than that. But going back to opportunity, uh, also, what speaks to your skill set? What speaks to where you're comfortable with? You know, um, if you read James Clear, uh, famous book about habits, he articulates this brilliantly. You know what I mean? So do yourself a favor and tackle things that, that number one, you got to love. Because, again, I learned this too late. Not too late, but I learned it late. If you don't love something... It's very hard to fake it, no matter financially, very, very hard. And you're not going to be great at it, okay? Very hard. So it's a devil of a compromise at times. I understand that financially and what you love. That's always a challenge, of course. You know, but find something that you love that's not work but not work. Talk to people. Get collective consensus opinions. Do your homework. Do your research. And then at the end of the day, it's a calculated risk. Well, you've talked quite a bit about developing successful businesses and broker partnerships, uh, but do you do you feel like, in your case, it's instinct or serendipity or nurturing relationships? What do you is it combination? What do you what do you feel is like your number one? Uh, you know, something. It's a that? great question, Kathy. I love I love that question. Uh, uh, up until I met this real estate investor, if you recall, in the beginning of the podcast, I told you I met this mm-hmm. gentleman. Uh, uh, and, and so I think, and it was serendipity or someone says somebody sent us, I mean, he shouldn't have been there. I was a networking session. This was maybe the thousand networking session after years and years and years. I went to about a thousand hundreds of them. He, it was not a real estate networking. It was a general entrepreneur. He had no reason to be there. He was 33 years old. We were not talking about real estate, Kathy. We were talking about general 
business. They were all young. They were all mainly in their 30s, yeah, which is why I love. You don't get too many people 60s and 70s going to these things. Thank God. Okay, so fortunately, it was all people. Could I get? I get with you. Yeah, for whatever the reason, you get some, but it's isolated. But generally, exactly, and and it's the and they're beginning their life, so they need to learn and and and, and grow and find if they're smart enough to realize that. And 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 he and it was eight o'clock at night. He had a family, kids, and I don't know what he was doing there. It was like it was strange. And and he came there to listen and learn. And then he started when people ask what everybody does. And there are only about 12 people. He said, I'm in real estate, of course. And he's, that's how I knew. And we started to talk. Again, remember, I had no real estate experience at that time. It's only two and a half, three years ago. And, and I liked, I listened to him. I liked what he was doing. I thought maybe there was an affinity, a kinship. And, and, and I can't explain why he was there, but I was there. I met him. And even after that, by the way, he disappeared on me for six months. He had an issue. But I'm being a jackhammer. I text him every day. I called him. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, most people would have blown me off. He did not. He, he loved the fact that I was so persevering. Okay. He had a personal issue. He raised his head six months later, called me up and said, I'm ready now to meet you. Showed you. Ready now to meet you. So you tell me how this happened. I don't know. But I think if you keep trying, you're going to get many law, you know, no, like Babe Ruth, he had many, many, many strikeouts until he hit his home runs. Many. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's good enough for the babe. It's good enough for anybody. Okay? So <laughs> you got you to strike out. You got to take a lot of shots. Most of them you'll miss, but some you'll hit. The good thing about it, you don't need too many hits, Kathy. Some of them you need a couple. They're grand slams. Like in real estate, there's millions of dollars of deals. I'm not in the volume business. I'm not making hot dogs so or hamburgers. Like, I'm not McDonald's. So I don't need to do a thousand deals a year. I need to do it. I need to do X amount small, but I need to make hundreds of calls to do those. I know that. That's okay. That's the way it is. I'm I, I'm aware of that. You have to understand that. Unless you're Tony Robbins, maybe it doesn't matter. But I'm not Tony Robbins, and most of us are not. And I don't think I'll ever will be. God bless Tony Robbins. Okay, we're different people, and he deserves it. So I can't open doors like that. Whoa, that's great. Um. I, you were kind of stepping out of your box when you met him and talked to him. So how does an already successful company step out of the box? When I met the real estate gentleman? Yeah, or any company as far as the companies yeah. you've worked with yeah, or well, others. Well, when, I met you, when I met you, the real estate guy, I was really, I, I had nothing going on. I was on my way. It wasn't good. I was working for people. It wasn't good two and a half years, three years ago, I told you. So when I was what? 68, 67, something like that, 67. And and I just, you know, I had this thing about me that says I'm not going to surrender. I'm not laying down, I'm not giving up, I guess. Otherwise, I would have, and I didn't. I even went to therapists and all that. You know what? The therapist never helped me. They tell me the obvious and a lot of BS. That never helped me at all. I helped me at all. I kept going. I'm telling you the truth. That didn't help me. Very nice people, <laughs> but I had no patience for that garbage. Nonsense. I have to help me. That's my case, okay? That's my situation. I'm not saying that works for everybody. That's my situation. And then I get, as you can see, I get excited, which I think is important. So when I talk, and I really love some people, can feel the passion and excitement. That goes a long way. They know I'm real. You can't fake it when I'm doing it. I'm not fake. I, I'm real. I'm equally, if, 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 if you were invisible, I was invisible and saw me in certain scenarios, like with certain members, the people that I know, you would laugh because I'm extremely the opposite, silent. My wife knows something because I have nothing to say. 
So if I'm not with any, I'll be fine. You know, I'm I'm kind. I'm not black or white, but if I'm excited, I get I jump in like to the pool, right? Even though I with trepidation. But if I'm not, I'm not impolite. I'm not rude. I just won't say anything. Let's say like family dinners, you know, and, and, and holidays and all that. I don't have much to say because most of it's gossip. You know, I'm, I just don't have the time or the patience. So I'm not disrespectful because I, I love my family. But everybody has families are families. They are what they are. Right. So I love them. And so if they're listening to this. I'll have my issues with them. But I just don't have that kind of energy. Or pa- I don't have that energy of patience, you know. So I'm. Well, you know, a, I'm just, we talked about. We talked a little bit about serendipity. Is, is there a story right. in there? Maybe how you met your wife. You know what? I'm. I, you're, you know, Kathy. You're, you're absolutely kind of like like what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, people that intuitive. You uh, very much so. <laughs> I'll tell you why. So Lori and I met. Yes, there is. The answer is yes. And if I really enjoy, we met, uh, she's from Brooklyn, New York, uh, and she moved here literally because of love. I met her standing in line 38 years ago at La- the taxi stand at LaGuardia Airport. So anybody, if you want to find love, this is something, I love LaGuardia Airport, and the New York, New Jersey Authority, go stand in the taxi line at LaGuardia Airport. Don't get on the taxi, keep going back, and maybe you'll find someone that who knows where it'll happen? But it was like 86, something, 85. They encouraged you to share a ride. She was this beautiful woman. I mean, I'm not shy. You know, all she could do is say, I don't want to talk to you, right? You know, like I thought, you got to keep asking. The worst that can happen is nothing's going to happen. Nothing happened anyways. But she had this smile that that just just blew me away. She didn't even say a word. And and I asked her um, if, 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 you know, eventually she's behind me. I went. And as you can see, I'm not shy. So I asked her if she wants to share a ride back to me into Manhattan. And 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 she could have said no, of course. What can I do? Nothing. I nothing. But she said okay. And she said, okay, but you're paying for it. I said, okay, I'm paying for it. Already I loved her. And she said, okay, I'm paying for it. Because she was on a, a tight budget. She was, you know, living in New York. Uh, you know, the rents are extraordinary, extraordinary to the roof. They were back then in 86, and she had a roommate. And she was, she's a buyer, a fashion buyer, and just growing her, her work and kind of struggling financially. So we shared the ca- cab ride, and we just exchanged contact information. I was, as she'll tell you, I was living with someone then. She likes to remind me all the time. And, and it's true. So, and she was kind of had somebody. And it wasn't until a year later until we connected. And long story short, also, she's Catholic and I'm Jewish. So that was a challenge, too, of ours because we wanted to, how are we going to bring up the kids? So back and forth, back and forth. And she's extraordinary. She compromised and she said, okay, we'll bring him up Jewish. She didn't convert. I didn't care. And she's kept, she's more Jewish than I am, being Brooklyn, from New York, and in the garment business. You can't get more Jewish than that, in all due respect, right? So she said, uh, uh, a year later, we, 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 we hooked up. And um, three years later, eventually she said, are we, you know, are we getting married or not? We did, even though I was terrified with marriage. We did. And fortunately, that was 36 years later. And one of the best things I ever did, if not, was to marry her. If you met her, you'd say she's an extraordinary woman. That's <laughs> oh, my story. I bet she is. I bet she yeah. is. Well, I have a question for you, and it's a sure. question that you always ask other people, and that is, what are you doing that today that's moving you today uh, to where you want to be and what you want to do and achieve? And what are you question. doing in that respect? And tell us about your plans for 2023 and 2024. 
Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, first of all, to keep me uh, uh, energized and inspired every morning, I, you know, I, I read a bunch of newsletters. I read the Wall Street Journal online every day. Believe it or not, I just leave through it. So I, re I do a lot of reading in the morning, you know, personal reading, some inspirational, some newsletters. I find that valuable. Okay, for me personally, you know, maybe a half an hour. I mean, it's every morning. Um, and, and I also, uh, I might add, equally important to all my so-called business endeavors and everything, I reinvented myself physically, exercise, diet. All that's important. I cannot stress how important, especially when you're aging for obvious reasons. It's extraordinarily important. Um, I'm also uh, uh, constantly networking. I'm not sure. I'm constantly reaching out to people who I think, uh, there may be a like-mindedness. And, for, you know, a lot of people don't respond. That's okay. I keep my, you know, that's okay. It doesn't matter. We keep moving on. I never knew them. They never knew me. Uh, but some people do. And 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 I keep reaching out. I keep connecting. I'm, I can't afford. There's a thing I, I believe. Shyness costs you money. You can't afford to be shy in life or it costs you your dream. Because, uh. you know, accounts could be shy. No disrespect to accounts. But they could be shy. Uh, but because, because they can't. But most of us cannot afford to be shy. So I reach out to a lot of people, Kathy and Mary, and, and I, I, I basically reach out to them for advice, for inspiration, to share ideas, uh, to share what we're doing. So that's led to contacts. My work I'm going to be doing in this for this healthcare company is a direct result. I became very close friends with a gentleman, my mentor and coach, Joe Forgay, who's, uh, who's uh, uh, now the CFO by reaching out to him in another company and you know, he's, he's in Salt Lake City. And we, we, became, we became tremendous friends. That's strictly by reaching out. So multiply that. Um, and, and, and I attend, uh, constantly attending networking and events in real estate and others because there's no other way I can grow if I don't meet more people and engage in relationships. So just to give you an example, my investor started at zero. It's over 60. Real estate agents, I have over 1,000 on my, on my inventory list. I, start, I all started this at zero. So every week I reach out to more and more. So I think that's a big deal, reaching out to people, connecting to people. Uh, that, that, that's helped move me forward. People that you think you're like-minded, obviously. I'm not going to reach out to somebody who's a chemist. No disrespect. I think chemistry is great, but they're not going to have anything in common with me, I don't think generally, or vice versa. And they're not going to respond, of course, probably. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't respond to me either if I was them. So that's, that's, well, the, bulk of, that's the bulk of what I do. Yeah. You know, I wanted to just, we've talked a lot. You've given some great advice today to people, but if you had to boil it down to like one main takeaway, what would you like our audience to have as a takeaway today? First of all, I want to I cannot thank you immensely, both of you, for your time and patience for having me on. I have to say that. It's been an honor being on. I value this and it's, and it's a uh, tremendous respect for your podcast and the effort and time. I know it's like, it's it's a big it's 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 a big it's it's a big thing to do, and it cannot be underestimated. Anybody who does podcasts knows that. Okay, that's number one. <laughs> uh, uh, most important, most important. I, the biggest takeaway, you know, I mean, there are many. Is action, 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 action. Do it. Don't be afraid. Uh, you know, I I, I got something by Taylor, Mary Tyler Moore. God bless her. She said, "Take chances, make mistakes. That's how you grow." And she's right. Take chances, make mistakes, and that's how you grow. She's not alive anymore, but she was a phenomenal individual. She's absolutely right. I could have said it better myself. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. Love Thank that. you, Myron. Thank you. Our guest no, today on you. Late Boomers 
Our, thank you. Our guest today on Late Boomers has been Myron Willick, author of The Jackhammer Effect, How to Break Down Doors for People Who Believe They Can't, podcast host, speaker, fearless entrepreneur, and the jackhammer. Please visit his website, myronwellick.com, and find him on LinkedIn, and read his book, and check out his podcasts. They're both terrific. And we want to remind our Anybody listeners. Anybody wants also to reach to... out? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, please do. But we want I, to remind our to... listeners also to please, please subscribe to our new YouTube Late Boomers podcast. Our new, rather, our YouTube channel. Our new YouTube channel with our podcast on it. Don't be fooled by our competitors that are called late bloomers because we are booming. Do your boom, That's boom. That's right, booming. Mary, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I love that. Also, please subscribe that. to our Late Boomers podcast on your favorite platform and write to us on our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z. And we hope that our podcast content is bringing you joy and inspiring you to live your happiest, best, and most productive lives. And thank you again, Myron. No, thank you. Amen. Happy, productive life. Well put. Very well put. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. <laughs>